Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Rafael Goyaneci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. He joins us every Monday in the 11 o'clock hour, and we appreciate same. Rafi, welcome to the show. Hey, Neil. How are you? So, Rafi, let's start today's conversation off uh House Bill 10, uh, truth in sentencing, it's passed one uh, side of the legislative process, moving on to the other. Uh, your thoughts? All right. So let's start by giving a little background. So with House Bill 10, the truth in sentencing legislation, it's about coming back and assessing after seven years what has been the outcome of the uh, criminal justice reform legislation. It was called the Justice Reinvestment uh, Initiative uh, that went into effect in 2017. So that effort, the 2016 legislative session, was about uh, trying to replicate what Texas was doing. So Texas recognized that there are too many people in the penitentiary. They they also embrace the fact that the people are most likely to go to the penitentiary are the people that have been recently released from the penitentiary. So Texas wanted to improve the recidivism programming that, that inmates receive in the state of Texas. And their thought process was that if inmates receive better programming, that better prepare them for freedom and life on the streets, they're less likely to come back to the penitentiary. So uh, this was a two-step program. Uh, Beefing up the rehabilitative services and programmings in the Texas Department of Corrections, and then rewriting the uh, criminal code and laws and revising the good time provisions in Texas law to reduce sentences and accelerate good time to get offenders out of the penitentiary that have been prepared for life on the outside. So what Texas did is they invested $200 million in programming for DOC inmates before they rewrote the laws, before they 
uh, increase the good time provisions. So they were preparing the inmates for shorter uh, stays in the penitentiary that would and offer them in better rehabilitative services. And then once they were released, those programs that were available in the Department of Corrections would also be available to them while they're on probation or parole. So fast forward to 2016 in Louisiana, we didn't have $200 million to invest in programming. We didn't invest one dime in program. We just went straight to, we're gonna reduce the amount of time that inmates serve. We're going to uh, not offer or beef up any additional funding for our programming uh, for rehabilitative services for DOC inmates. We will uh, invest 70% of the savings realized in year one into uh, programming in year two. So we're playing catch up. We didn't do the pre-investment like Texas did. We're doing, uh, we're, we're constantly playing catch up. Year, year one people get out and they're on their own. And in year two, we're gonna uh, augment programming both for DOC as well as people on probation and parole. But the people that were released in year one didn't have access to those a beefed up program in rehabilitative services. We just pushed them back out on the streets. So after seven years, uh, the uh, District Attorneys Association and the sheriffs have been monitoring what's going on. And what has happened as a result of some of that is that convicted felons may serve as little as 35% of their sentences. The Inmate population for the Department of Corrections has decreased over the past seven years, and the proponents of the, the legislation are saying that that's proof that the justice reinvestment legislation is working. Yes, they did get released quicker. Uh, there were shorter sentences. Uh, there was increased good time. but. The reality is what they failed to take into consideration that in 2020, COVID hit, which meant that the criminal justice system was shut down during most of 2020 and a large part of 2021. And even when it reopened in various parishes in 2021, uh, it was limited. So there were fewer people being sent to the penitentiary that also impacted the police department and sheriff's offices' abilities in, in many respects. So uh, what we saw was, yes, the inmate population went down, but they're not taking into account the fact that the inmate population went down in part because of the COVID closures uh, relate, uh, that impacted the criminal justice system. So 80% of the inmates in the Department of Corrections have three or more felony convictions. So the advocates of the justice reinvestment legislation are saying that uh, the, the program, there is no uh, definable uh, data showing that longer penitentiary stays equal lower crime rates uh, or 
higher crime rates. They're saying there's no correlation between the two. But if 80% of the Department of Corrections inmates have three or more felony convictions, I think, and that's a statistic that comes from the Department of Corrections, that's an indication that uh, those individuals that are, are there are going to come back unless programming has increased. Now, what's happened with the programming? Well, just before the session started, the Louisiana Legislative Auditors issued a performance audit, and they have pointed out that since the, uh, the justice reinvestment legislation, uh, $152 million has been realized in savings, but the programs that were funded by 70% of those savings have never been audited to determine whether their performance uh, has pro provided the outcomes, reduced recidivism. And the same applies to the juvenile component, the Office of Juvenile Justice. So we've just been pumping money into programs, and there has been no analysis to determine if those programs are producing the desired results. There's no statistics, no audits of any of that. So we've pumped $152 million over the past seven years, or actually 70% of $152 million into uh, programming and rehabilitative services for inmates, but there has been no uh, study conducted to assess the outcomes of those programs to see if they're yielding the desired results. Another byproduct of the uh, justice reinvestment legislation was that because the good time laws and sentences were reduced, one of the strong points of the criminal justice rehabilitative system prior to the justice reinvestment legislation were specialty courts in Louisiana. So most judicial districts uh, adopted specialty courts like reentry, drug, mental health, veterans court. And over the past seven years, because the good time and sentencing uh, provisions have been streamlined and reduced, finding that inmates or offenders will not agree to participate in specialty courts because those specialty courts are too demanding. So the judges that operate those specialty courts uh, will uh, have the inmates come in once they're released or the, the offenders come in once they're released uh, on a monthly or quarterly basis, and the court will follow their probation and paroles to make sure that they are complying with all the conditions and making uh, themselves uh, uh, utilizing some of the resources that are offered to inmates. To me, I think that those specialty courts are critical to reduce recidivism, and what's happening is that those specialty courts uh, inmates have to and, and, and offenders need to agree to go into those courts. They're not doing it anymore because they get off easier by not going to the specialty courts. They get automatic good time and uh, less supervision. So those courts are another uh, casualty 
of the uh, criminal justice reform legislation. So, so what, what? So what happens with HB 10? So now there's going to be a floor that's set that they will serve at least 85 percent of their sentence for the most part. They'll right? serve. They'll serve 85 percent. They'll also be uh, eligible to receive good time for participation in some programs. But as I pointed out, it had gotten and that, to be And that's capped absurd. at 360 days, uh, as exactly. I read the yep. legislation. So the most that they can get is 15% and, three, and if they participate in these programs, 360 days, so less than that's a year. Right. right, right. So keep in mind, under the justice reinvestment legislation, you saw where offenders were serving, in some instances, 35% of their sentence when they were released. And when they were on, since they were in custody for shorter periods of time, you would think that uh, you want to maintain uh, longer periods of supervised release just to make sure that the offenders are uh, continuing to participate in the program that's available to them, but they actually earn good time while they're on probation or parole. So it was reducing not only their, 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 their prison sentences, but also the amount of time under supervision and guidance to uh, increase the, the likelihood that they're uh, completing and engaging and utilizing all the programs and services that are being offered to them. So how Another does this how, how does this become uh, Debbie Villio? I interviewed her the other day, uh, and she was saying that uh, uh, expediency and certain and certainty of the sentence. How does this become more certain? Um, you can get up to fifteen percent good time. You can get some additional add-ons for three hundred and sixty days, which is actually some of the current law, um, how, how does this go into the evaluation of the amount of time that you serve that it, there's this certainty of sentence? Because uh, coupled with that, I asked her, I said, well, is the state in a position to fund additional jail beds? Because I'm looking at a tabulation sheet that you forwarded to me from Louisiana DOC. Mm-hmm. In 2012, there were a total of 39,986 inmates, both in the local jails, holding them for the state, as well as in state institutions. Before JRI even hit, uh, that that population was reduced by 5,000. So it had been on a decline from 20 to 12, from 2012. And then once JRI hit, it went down about another 8,000 inmates. So it went down about 5,000 before, about 8,000 afterwards over the next eight years for a total of about, uh, it was reduced for about 11,728 in total number. Right, right. What If we go to, the last time truth and sentencing failed was because we got into jail over crowded conditions really fast. And... You know, and I, I and I, it was back in the '90s, and it was a problem, and we slid off of it in a quick way. And I asked her, I said, "What is any different about this? Why is this going to be different?" Her response to me is that in the general session, they're going to pass a resolution asking the Supreme Court to hold training sessions for judges 
to sentence inmates to the time that they actually want them in jail so that the judges do the calculation to the best of their ability of the 15% diminution, another year for the the add-ons, so that they can set the appropriate sentence. Now, you know as well as I, judges are political animals. If there is a reduction in sentencing for particular crimes to take into consideration all of these things, do you have a high confidence level that that's going to happen? Because I don't. Right. So the calculations to determine the actual sentences uh, were so complicated under the, the JRI legislation that no one could figure it out. In fact, there were only a handful of individuals in the Department of Corrections that could figure out the calculations. And it, it was so absurd and so difficult to figure it out that many inmates were held beyond their release date. And they're now suing the state of Louisiana for being held in custody beyond their release date. So you talked about the judges, you know, being educated as to what the release Uh, the good time laws would be and and the truth in sentencing and making it something that is uh, more transparent and and you don't have to have a supercomputer figure out all of the convoluted good time provisions. Well, it also applies to defense attorneys and prosecutors. So when a prosecutor is deciding uh, to uh, maybe offer a defendant a plea deal, If it's a crime of violence or a property crime, they're going to go to the victims. And the victims are going to say, well, how much time will they actually serve? And before, the answer was, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Defense attorneys, when they go to their clients and say that the prosecutor is offering us a deal, instead of uh, uh, attempted murder, he's offering us uh, aggravated battery and you're a triple offender, And uh, instead of uh, if you agree to uh, a 10-year sentence, he's not going to multiple bail you. And the offender is going to say, well, how much good time will I get? The defense attorney says, I don't know. I can't figure it out. So if a prosecutor can't figure it out and explain it to the victim, they're going to be less likely to accept a deal. If a deal is offered and the defense attorney can't explain it to his client, Uh, how much time he's going to serve, then that's not going to facilitate a plea, and that means that the case is going to sit in the court on a docket and back up the docket for the entire system. So if we're talking about, say, a 10-year sentence, you know you'll you'll get uh, 18 months off, and you could earn up to another year. So that's something that can be explained uh, by a prosecutor to the victim. That's something that when, it, when a deal is being offered, the prosecutor knows what section of court and who the judge is that's going to be sentencing. So they can construct their plea deals and their sentencing agreements with the offenders to take into consideration what the individual judge's propensity for sentencing is in that. So prosecutor See, has <clears throat> a lot I don't, of authority. I've got to be honest with you, Rafi. I don't believe that. And because and, I, I read 15571.3 five times over the weekend. And it's two sentences for the most part. 
The amount of the diminution of sentence under this paragraph shall be a rate of 30 days for every 30 days in custody. One for one, unless you're convicted of a crime of violence. If you're convicted of a crime of violence, you get three days for every 17 days in actual custody. That's the current law. That's not the new law. That's That's the current law. What I'm saying is, is under that current law, that ain't hard to figure out, you know, if if he if he's on best behavior, how long somebody's going to serve. Because there's still the uncertainty of whether or not you're going to be on best behavior, because, uh, you know, the one thing that that the governor pointed out is you're getting days off as a participation trophy. Well, guess what? You're getting the same participation trophy under the new law, just a smaller trophy. There, there was no cap under the current law of 360 days. So, if offenders no, there is a there is a cap of three. It's in it's in the existing law in 880. It's 360 days. This is diminution of sentence, just good time, not participation in programs. Mm-hmm. Well, the so Department I mean, this whole this whole convoluted. The whole thing, the whole thing that, that screwed this up was was credit for time served, is that yeah. they never really got the appropriate documentation from where they sat pending trial, and and they were never able to incorporate that data into this on credit for time served, and that, you know, and and that that that's just a, a perfunctory exercise of, of, of a documentation. And it was the local jails that never got the numbers right. And garbage in, garbage out. And a lot of this, and, and we have eliminated that, and that's fine. Um, but a lot of it's going to be harder, I think, uh, to get pleas because you're not, you're, they, it's a prohibition now on credit for time served. Nobody can, nobody can give you that credit. It's out. So, it, so it's done. It's I, done. I, I, I think, I think you will. Uh, the, I think this legislation will actually increase the, the likelihood of pleas being entered earlier because you you will receive credit for time served while you're in pretrial custody before you plead guilty, but you do you're not eligible for any good time provisions until you until after you plead guilty and are assigned to the Department of Corrections. So that means that if the offender is sitting in in pretrial custody and they want to get out as quickly as possible, they'll get credit for the time that they serve, but they're not going to get credit for good time that they serve pretrial. So that means that if the offender knows he did it and he wants to get out as quickly as possible, after all of their motions, pretrial motions for discovery and and, and hearings are conducted, at that point, it's either, you know, plead guilty or set a trial date. And if you plead guilty, you start accruing good time quicker. So rather than cases sitting around and lingering for months, in some cases years, it will incentivize the offenders once they can complete their pretrial discovery and pretrial hearings to, that will facilitate, I think, more pleas and unclog the system and move the cases along. Got to get to a break. We're visiting with Raphael Goinecci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.